0: Thank you once again for joining us. Uh, we're going to shift a little bit of gears today to talk about the importance of finding a mentor. I think for the most part, many of you realize how important this is. We all need a go-to person when we have questions, right? What's nice about having a mentor is that the relationship is usually informal, so it makes it easy to talk to someone. The challenge that many students faced, as did I, is how do you find a mentor along the way? Today, Dr. Marina and I will share what we learned along the way. Remember, neither one of us had special connections when we first started out on this doctor journey.
1: Finding a mentor, super important, but it's one of those things that's easier said than done, I think. I definitely had some trouble with this one when I was in college, and even in medical school I struggled. If you're a
0: high school or a college student, where do you even start to try to find a mentor, Dr. Zoma? So first things first, we have to start with asking a couple of questions to ourselves. First, what makes the right mentor for me? Know what your future goal is. If you have been following our podcast, the ultimate goal or long-term goal is likely to become a doctor. I know at this point, many of you are thinking, so I have to find a doctor as a mentor? How am I going to do that? Well, we will talk about that later, but I think we have to break down defining your goals as well. I would suggest starting out first with short-term goals. So if you're in high school, your first short-term goal is to get into college or university, right? So at this point in your life, thinking about a mentor that can guide you into getting into college is absolutely important. This person does not have to be a doctor. This person will likely be an individual who is in college or has gone through the college process already. For some of you that have been involved in sports, music, or some other extracurricular activity, you may be more focused on using this skill to get a scholarship to get into a university. So in this case, a suitable mentor for you will be one that is involved in your skill set and is familiar with college. So you would want one that does both. So when I was in high school, the mentor I had was actually my history teacher's wife, and she kind of guided me what courses I needed to take while I was in high school to get into college. I also had a friend who was two years older than I and she had already started college and I would go to her as well to ask her questions and she would also provide some suggestions for me. And then around the time that I was in my senior year, my brother was actually already at a university. So he helped me fill out my college application and my financial aid applications. So as you can say, it wasn't really anybody formal per se, but these were my mentors in high school. Mm -hmm. What about you, Dr. Marina?
1: So when I was in high school, I was really involved in cross-country and in a club called the Future Business Leaders of America. Through those two things, I became close with some teachers and also some students who were in grades above me, and they really helped me to figure some things out. My coach and my advisor were there to answer general questions about applying to college, and they actually ended up writing me letters of recommendation to college. I heard the inside scoop about AP classes and AP tests, the SAT, and also the college application process from friends who were a year or two ahead of me, um, and those were the friends that I got to know through these clubs and these sports. So through these coaches, these teachers, these friends, I was able to piece together a lot of information that helped me when it came time to apply to college. In fact, funny story, I had never even heard of Stanford University until my junior year. um, And I heard about it because a girl a year above me who I knew through the FBLA club applied and got in. And we weren't super close, but because of her, I ended up looking into Stanford as well
0: as Berkeley and a lot of other great colleges and applying to many of them. So if you're in college, there are probably many short-term goals. Some include learning how to study in college, finding research, studying abroad, Managing part-time work with study time, planning how to budget finances and minimizing college debt, volunteer opportunities, application process to medical school, MCAT prep. Phew, that's a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. So as you can see, you may need a couple of different mentors along the way to help guide you.
1: Great point, Dr. Zulma. It would be hard to find one person who can help guide you on everything you just mentioned. For example, you might have a professor or a TA or an RA who is not a doctor or even in the field of science, but they can help you find a part-time job on campus or help guide you through the process of doing a study abroad program. But they don't have a clue about how to help you with the MCAT or apply to medical school, and that's okay. Find someone that can help you with one thing and someone else to help you with another, etc. You don't have to have
0: just one super mentor. Agreed. So then the next question you want to ask yourself is, who do I look up to? This question is really important to ask yourself when you're finding a mentor. I feel that it keeps you motivated if you look up to this person. This person becomes a reflection of what your future may be like. Again, as we discussed earlier already, there will be several mentors along the way to complete your short-term goals. I would, however, keep in mind that one of the many mentors will hopefully be someone that you look up to.
1: Yeah, that reminds me of a few people I met in college that I looked up to and offered me help when I needed it. One was a woman who I met through my church in college. She was a political scientist, and she had a really impressive career. She was a mom. She was really kind, wise, and an encouraging person all around. Now, she wasn't a doctor, but I looked up to her because of all those things. And around the time I got married, when I was still in college, I started to have some doubts about whether or not to push forward with my plan for medical school. I really started to wonder, is it really possible for women to balance being a doctor with having a family? So I went and talked with her, and she didn't tell me what to do or have answers to all my questions, but she encouraged me and she served as an example of someone who could have a fulfilling career and family life. And so that was really important to me at that time. Dr. Zulma, once you have an idea of what you're looking for in a mentor, where can you go or what can you do to actually find one? Or a few, as we mentioned.
0: So, research, 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 that is what my answer will be. What you want to first start out when you're doing your research is you want to look at your existing network. You may think you don't have one, but even in high school, believe it or not, you still have one. Maybe you want to start out by asking friends. And by that, I mean your friends might have family members who may may be able to help you. Uh, You want to ask family if you have any, uh, maybe teachers, coaches, school counselors, or or professors. Uh, There's also a high school program um, called AVID. I know it's not at all high schools, but many of them do. And it's a college prep class that helps high school students. Well, that program usually will have college students come in to help tutor the kids. So if you end up clicking with one of those tutors, maybe that could be your mentor. Again, remember, you're in high school, so your goal right now should be just to get into a university or college. You can also ask perhaps your church members if you're involved or even work, wherever, if you do have a part-time job as well. Next, what you would want to do is research outside your network. So there are many mentoring programs in your community and in the nation, but you have to do your research. It may not necessarily just come to you. So if you're in high school, some examples can include volunteer organizations in your community, Big Brothers, Big Sisters of America, the LEAP program, that's L-E-E-P. Colleges and universities in your city tend to offer mentorship programs for high school students, especially for minority students. Look it up online. Also, ask your high school counselors, teachers, or coaches. They're likely familiar with some community-based mentoring programs. Literally, what you have to do is just go onto Google, type in your city and mentoring program, and see what pops up. So when I was in high school, I actually, we, we didn't have Google back then, but um, I started looking around and asking, and I came across a program called MANA, which is for Mexican-American uh, women. And it's a, and they have a mentorship program. And I ended up getting involved with it. And the positive outcome from that was that I even ended up getting a scholarship from them to help me towards college. Uh, so Marina, what were, you, what was your experience like when you were in high school?
1: Yeah, that's great that you were able to get a scholarship, by the way. That's, that's wonderful. I can't recall any specific mentoring programs in my hometown, but I did participate in a program called the NASA Sharp Program. It stands for the NASA Summer High School Apprenticeship and Research Program. It's a program that basically gives underrepresented students interested in science, technology, engineering, or math an opportunity to do a paid summer internship in a research lab. I think my high school counselor nominated me for it, and I spent the summer at Georgia Tech working with and learning from graduate students in an aerospace engineering lab. It was such a great experience. I got to study the physics of how air flows around an airplane's wing, and allows the plane to fly, and how the wing can be engineered to change that airflow. So through this program, I met some people that served as mentors for me. One of the graduate students in the lab, in fact, was a female, so I got to see firsthand that women could be aerospace engineers just like men. These mentors helped me to understand what college life was like, what research in an engineering lab was like, what graduate school might be like in a variety of different fields. I also learned some things about the college application process. It was overall a great experience. In fact, the program is still around if you're still in high school and
0: interested. That sounds so great. What a cool program. I wish I knew about it. I probably would have wanted to yeah. do that as well. Uh-huh. <laughs> Again, I think what the, the main point to take away is there's these programs that exist and many times we don't know about them. So I probably could have applied to this program, but I didn't know. So Research, research, look it up, look online, and you'll be surprised what's out there. So now, if you're in college, given this is a time you're preparing yourself for medical school application process, having a mentor in the medical field and another one in the area of research will be important. Sometimes this may be one person that does both. Aside from these, you will also likely have other mentor-like relationships that help achieve your other short-term goals. I would say go ahead and first start by looking at college-affiliated programs. Most of all universities have student organizations that are geared for specific minority groups wanting to be doctors. These are a great resource. Since they're already established on the campus, they usually have many ties with local medical schools. Lots of opportunity to find a mentor there. Many of them also have an established mentoring program. And if one doesn't exist on your college campus, well then start one. Think about how that will look like on your medical school application. You also can look at volunteer opportunities organized by other school organizations on your campus as well. It doesn't necessarily have to be medical-based. And then also find research on your campus that you would like to participate in. This is an important part when it comes to applying to medical school. While doing research, you will work very closely with a professor and or a graduate student who can also become your mentor. You can also look at internship programs that that are offered by your college as well. And also getting to know your financial aid counselors, you'll establish a relationship that can really help guide you through college financing as well. And then there's college guidance counselors as well. And then you also wanna look into non-campus affiliated mentor programs. So that means, and they may not necessarily be at your college campus, so there are programs like Me Mentor, Mi Mentor, which is a Southern California doctor mentoring program. There's another program called Flying Samaritans. So this is a doctor volunteer program. There's LMSA, which stands for Latino Medical Student Association. And this, program, this organization is found on a lot of the medical school campuses. And then there's another program uh, organization that you can find on a medical school campus called the Student National Medical Association. And this is an African American medical student program that you can find as well. So search to see if in your local medical school has a mentor program, and you'll be surprised what type of mentors you can find there as well.
1: I also want to add, Dr. Zulma, that a lot of these are starting to have pre-med programs or extensions. So LMSA, the Latino Medical Student Association, has a pre-med arm of their program. And so a lot of college campuses are starting to have like a pre-med arm of LMSA or a pre-med arm of the SNMA. So if you look around for these, um, some college campuses do have them, and those are a really great resource.
0: Great. And even if you search these organizations, a lot of them come out on the news as well or there's articles here and there. So these are very big organizations on medical school campuses, so I definitely uh, recommend that you guys check it out. So um, just thinking back to when I was in college, I wasn't really involved in any medical-oriented organizations in college since I wasn't sure that I wanted to pursue medicine. There was an organization on my campus, though, and it was called Latinos into Medicine. I was actually part of another Latino organization. It was called Mujeres Unidas, and we actually had a mentoring program for high school students. So for four years, I was mentored to a local high school student in that area. But my personal mentoring experiences in college were actually by many different people. So I did my research in psychology and I developed a close relationship with the graduate students. So he was he provided a lot of mentorship towards me to me. Sorry. And then there was um, an EOP counselor who helped guide me on how to study. I also developed a relationship with the College of Humanities dean, and she guided me on selecting internships and opportunities to help me provide. More opportunities later on. And then I did an internship at the National Institutes of Health, and my supervisor, who was a nurse, became a very, very strong advocate and mentor for me to go ahead and pursue medicine. And again, her husband was a pediatrician, so I was able to talk to him and and get to know him and ask a lot of questions. I also worked while I was pursuing medical school and I met two doctors, Dr. Hagen and Dr. Nick, and they both also helped me guide me and encouraged me along the way as well. And Dr. Hagen was actually a mom of four. So when I was able to see her as a pediatrician, she had four children and she was doing it. It really also liked the point that Dr. Marina mentioned about whether you can be a career woman and a mom at at the same time. So that really gave me at least a visual image that this was possible for me. I also got to know my professors in organic chem and physics, and they also really, really encouraged me. Physics, again, was a very hard subject for me, but my professor, I think he saw how hard I was trying. Mm-hmm. He really helped me and helped guide me and actually ended up writing a letter of recommendation for medical schools. So most of these people, as I said, will can write letters of recommendations for the medical school application process. I'd like to also add that even when you get into medical school, mentoring is so important. And I think even after medical school, uh-huh. <laughs> But when I was in medical school, it was literally oxygen in my survival. I really don't know how I would have made it without my medical school mentors. What about you, Dr. Marina? Can you share some of your mentoring experiences in college? You know, I really wish I hadn't been so shy in
1: college. (laughs) I think you're more of an extrovert, Dr. Zoma, and I'm more of an introvert for sure. There were a lot of resources that I did not take advantage of, which really is a shame looking back. I think that since I didn't have the best science grades, especially my first two years when I had to retake some classes, I didn't want to talk to a pre-med counselor or a mentor because I was sure that they would look at my grades or talk to me about them and say, you know, are you sure you want to do this or don't waste your time? Or I thought that maybe they would just discourage me in general. So if you're in the same boat, please don't make the same mistake I did. Go and look for programs and people that exist to help you. There was one professor though, Dr. Barr, who I got to know pretty well in my junior and senior year, who became a mentor to me. He was a doctor who also had a PhD in sociology, and I happened to take a class he taught on healthcare in America. I later took another class from him on gender and the professions, and I really loved his classes, so I went to talk to him and shared with him my career goals, and he was very encouraging. I ended up helping him on a research project, in fact, that he was doing about the health effects of pesticides on migrant farm workers in California. And he ended up writing me a letter of recommendation to medical school. Also, I wanna mention, you know, as you mentioned, Dr. Zulma, we live in the age of interconnectedness and the internet. Please use the internet and social media to your advantage, not just for entertainment. Look up groups, look up organizations that help mentor or support minorities pursuing an education or even pursuing medical careers specifically. There are lots of people out there trying to help you. Put your fingers and your cell phone to work finding them. Dr. Zulma. as we've discussed, there are a lot of ways to find a mentor. How do you go about actually gathering up the courage to ask people if they are willing to mentor you? So this is
0: a great question. And I think Dr. Marina, you alluded to this. This might be a little bit harder for those of you who are more on the shy side or introverted side, but first things first, let's start just creating a feel of the person. So you want to establish communication. This is the getting to know the person informally. You want to get a feel of the person to see if this would be a good fit for you. Some things you can do are, one, after you meet a potential mentor, consider doing in-person visits or just stopping by to say hi this could be a very brief visit. For example, if it is a professor TA stopping by their office hours to just say hi or ask a question that pertains to class material. This can show them that you are interested in their class and their work. But please be careful not to overdo it where you become annoying. Mm -hmm,
1: Definitely. And like I just shared, the way that I was able to get to know my professor was through taking his class. As a shy person, that made it easier to get to know what his research was about and what he was like generally before I actually went to talk to him one-on-one. If you have a teacher or professor who seems like they might have shared interests or might be able to help you, this is a great excuse to connect. Go to their office hours and talk to them. You'll get to know them and they'll get to know you, and this can be a great way to get a foot in the door to mentorship. After graduating, I also worked in the lab of a professor who had taught my immunology class. So I used that
0: connection from having taken her class to get that opportunity. Great, thanks for sharing. And exactly, those are, even if you're shy, like Dr. Marina mentioned, it's, it's a start. Just start by just visiting during office hours and from there you'll get more comfortable where you'll be able to have more conversations with your TA or professor. So now too, I'd like to mention that it's okay to open up as well. Sometimes potential mentors may ask you about where you're from, what life was like growing up, your family. I think it's okay to open up as I feel it creates a stronger bond between you and your mentor. You are in control of how much to share though, and only share what you feel comfortable with. This will really depend on the mentor. I shared a lot with some of my mentors, but there were other mentors that I didn't share so much. You also want to research the person of interest to see if he or she has ever done any specialized work or has gotten any type of special recognition. And here's a really big way to earn those brownie points. You bring it up during one of your conversations, ask them questions about it. And usually. Uh, whether it's a professor, TA, or whoever your this potential mentor can be, they love talking about those special awards and recognitions as well. Now, given our current times with COVID, it, it could be a little bit more challenging since, since you can't really do the in-person visits. So I think for now, communicating via email or, or doing a Zoom meeting is just as fine. If it's via Zoom, respect the mentor's time and ask via email when would be a good time to talk. Perhaps a phone discussion can also work in the meantime. I will say, though, that if you communicate with Zoom or phone, it's much better than emailing alone. It's important to hear and see the person as it can create a stronger bond. Sometimes with email alone, the tone can be misinterpreted and and not help really create that strong mentoring relationship that we all look for.
1: I totally agree. Um, Email communication is complicated. Um, It doesn't carry tone. It doesn't carry facial expressions and all of that stuff. So if you can do a Zoom or phone call, it's so, so much better than
0: just email alone. So after you've gone through all that, now it's time to ask. So after getting to the person and feeling like it's a good fit, you know, you want to kindly ask. Things you'll want to consider Um, When you ask are, one, tell them what has inspired you to see them as a mentor in your life. Let them know about what your future goals are. Also, respect their time and ask them how often they would be available and that you are willing to work around their time. Ask them what is their preferred type of communication, whether it's email, phone, Zoom. And then on the flip side, if they end up turning you down because they're not available, It's okay. Still thank them for even considering and for their time. Remember, people may sometimes turn you down not because of you or anything you did. It usually is because of their own personal obligations that they do not want to give you the short end of the stick because you deserve better. Please do not take it personally. You never know if when more time allows. They may reach out back to you refer you to one of their colleagues, or still provide you a letter of recommendation.
1: I agree completely, Dr. Zoma. I think it helps to take this sort of mental approach. Tell yourself that you're going to ask three to five people and only one of them is going to say yes. If you tell yourself going into it that you might need to ask many people before you get a yes, it won't sting so much when someone says no. It's just a little bit of a mind trick that I like to use. Exactly. Okay, Dr. Zulma, now once a student has identified a mentor, what should they expect
0: from him or her? Okay, so first, you want to meet consistently based on your mutual agreement. So have a calendar so you do not miss scheduled appointments with your mentor. If you miss a meeting or do not respond to their emails, this could be a sign to them that you do not respect the relationship or their time. This is so important for everyone. Remember, they are giving you their free time. The second thing I'd like to bring up is be open to feedback. That includes the good and the bad. So leave getting defensive behind. Mentors are trying to help you. They are giving their own free time because they see something special in you. They are trying to make you a better person.
1: I agree, Dr. Zuma. Try your best not to get defensive. Now, that being said, there are some situations where you might get discouragement from an advisor or a mentor. What do you do in those situations? I really like the advice of Dr. Sunny Nakay, who has been a dean of admissions at multiple medical schools and recently published a book called Pre-Med Prep, Advice from a Medical School Admissions Dean. She makes two great points in her book. First of all, A good advisor or mentor won't always tell you what you want to hear, but will tell you what you need to hear. She says that she's had to have some really tough conversations with students, but she always does it with encouragement for their long-term goal. She also says this, quote, if someone is discouraging you, step back and assess their place in your life. Your inclination to accept a path change from an advisor should be highly related to your personal relationship with them and your confidence that they will continually be invested in you even after you make that choice. In other words, only consider drastic advice from people that you know really love and care about you. Don't give up or let someone discourage your dreams. I really like that because it makes you realize that you can take a step back and try to see where someone's discouragement or maybe surprising advice might be coming from? Is it because the mentor knows you really well, wants you to be happy and has your best interests at heart, or is it because they really don't know you that well and are making incorrect assumptions about you or your potential? If you find that it's really coming from a place of concern and wisdom, you will want to take it more seriously than if it's not. That doesn't mean that you have to follow the advice, but just consider it honestly and carefully.
0: Great, great advice. So um, I mentioned in one of our previous podcasts that my high school counselor was not so supportive. So again, even though he was a Latino counselor, given he was not so supportive, I don't think he had my best interests in mind. So,
1: mm-hmm. you know,
0: at that point you choose, you know, this is not the type of mentor I would like. So you can make that decision to not even though say there is a a relationship established, if you need to take a turn, if you don't think someone's in it for your best interest, it's okay to walk away.
1: Yeah. And you know, they might just not know you very well. Like I mentioned that I was scared that if I went to a a pre-med counselor and they were to like, look at my grades, they would be like, um, you shouldn't waste your time. (laughs) Go do Mm -hmm. something else. But even if that had happened, I would have to remind myself they don't know me. They don't know the perseverance, the grit, (laughs) the persistence that I am capable of. And so you really have to take advice with a grain of salt. You know, think about, like we said, how much do they really know you Mm -hmm. and care about you and take things with a grain of salt? Exactly.
0: So another point that you want to consider is taking notes or jotting things down when you are talking to your mentor this shows them that you're interested and that you take what they have to say serious perhaps you will bring up some of these pointers later on in your journey they will remember when they once told you and feel proud that you actually were listening and doing and then another thing to really really remember while you're establishing this relationship with your mentor is that your mentor is not your therapist mm-hmm. while you are likely <laughs> to share some personal things with your mentor You do not want every encounter to be about a personal situation or crisis you are trying to resolve. Your mentor is focused on giving you the help to achieve your goal. They do not necessarily want to hear your problems about everything else at every encounter. Some mentors are more open to hear personal problems if it affects your goal. Just remember, as we've said before in previous podcasts, please see a therapist if you are struggling with mental health issues. Anything else you'd like to add, Dr. Marina, based on your experience? Yes. Just one
1: other thing. I mentioned that I was really shy about seeking advising and mentorship because I was afraid that I would be discouraged. Please don't let fear get in your way. Go out there and do whatever you can to get the help and support you need to reach your goals. There are more people out there than you think there are that want to help you. And importantly, nobody ever does anything big truly alone. We all need help and we need support. So go out there and find it. You might face a little bit of rejection. You might face a little bit of discouragement. But overall, you are going to find mentors and people that want to encourage you and support you
0: in your goals. Exactly. I always try to take the idea that the worst thing they can say is no. Uh And where does that leave you exactly where I started? So there's not really a change. So Mm -hmm. just go out there, put yourself out there and ask. Because again, more often than not, you're going to find someone or you're going to find a special opportunity as well. I hope you all learned something today that could help you identify a mentor throughout your journey. We would love to hear what mentoring organizations or programs you know about and leave it on our Facebook or Instagram page. We would like to create a community of mentorship programs to share nationwide. The more we work together, the better we will all be. If you like so far what you have heard, please follow us on Instagram and Facebook, as we always mention. Please leave us your suggestions and feedback. Let us know what you want to hear about. If you would like to contribute to our podcast, we're also now accepting donations to fund our podcast programming. Whatever you can donate will be much appreciated to help fund incurring costs of the podcast. You can donate through our website at www.futureminoritydoctor.com. Please, please note that you must be 18 years or older to donate. And if you cannot donate during these difficult times, do not worry. And please continue to listen to our podcast because this is still for you. Peace and love, everyone.
1: Bye.